The following content is provided to you as a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a high-adventure Christian wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina. Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. For more information, visit our website at swoutfitters.com or follow us on Twitter using the handle at SnowbirdSwo. Enjoy the message. All right. Hey, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, yes, yeah, so what I've been tasked um, with talking about is cultivating a healthy home. And um, you'll notice a lot of it is because uh, each one of us who are teaching, we have kind of grown up in the faith together and really matured together. And so we have a lot of the same overlapping content. Um, but what do we want to talk about with... Um, with cultivating a healthy home, we're going to talk about first our relationships with each other as a pattern and example. And then we're going to talk about rules in the home, both comparing them to what it was like in the garden when we see God fathering our first parents. And then also the rules, having rules with reasons and challenging, um, challenging ourselves to make sure that we have good reasons and the purpose behind the rules that we have. And then the last thing we'll look at um, will be um, how we're presenting Christ, how we're presenting Jesus, how we're presenting um, our church, and how we're presenting the study of God's word to our children. Right, because there's so much. When we're talking about cultivating a healthy home for um, discipling our kids. I mean, that's where um, and Rob will spend more time in this. In the next session, he's going to be talking specifically for discipleship. So, kind of that this is kind of setting the stage for discipleship to take place in our home. So, for us, the first thing we need to do is we need to look at the way that we are interacting with each other. Right, our relationship has to be priority in the home, and it's funny because you know you think about. For most of us, the reason why we got married to the person that we got married to is because we really like him a lot. Um, We need to focus on our relationship. And I think what's so fascinating is when you look at people who've been married and then start raising children together, often they've forgotten how much they loved each other in the first place, right? I mean, that's why you got married to the person you got married to, hopefully, is because you wanted to hang out with them more than anybody else. But what's hap- what happens, and this is so crazy, is that a lot of times we stop focusing on our relationship to each other and how much we love and care about each other and spending time intentionally with each other, setting time aside for us to spend time with each other, and we become teammates in raising children. It's so, it's so fascinating to me. You know, I've only been married for a little over 10 years, and you know, we have four kids, um, so our, our kids, we've married for over 10, a little over 10 years, not 11 just yet, and our oldest kid is eight. So we had a couple years being married to each other before we had kids. And it's, so, it's really funny talking to people who are married without kids, and we'll talk about the stress that they can be having and difficulty. And I, I mean, and this is something we do, when my wife and I do premarital counseling, we tell people, forget what, anything anybody says to you if they say stuff like, this blank year is the hardest because that's just ridiculous, you know, because there's so many people that will say, man, if you can get past the first year, and I think the first year was awesome. People that are married without kids, I just think that they're on their honeymoon. I tell them that, oh, you think this is hard? You're on your honeymoon still. 
I know you've been back and you're working, but you don't have other people vying for your attention that you're responsible for. There's no little people that are getting in the way of your relationship with each other, right? And so what we need to do is that, and, we, and we, what's also crazy is for me right now, I mean, I still, I still love hanging out with my wife. Like we talk about it all the time about how we couldn't imagine being married to other people, how much we enjoy being with each other. And when I think about families that are doing the whole empty nest, I think they've, they've succeeded. They've arrived. They've, they've pushed through the period of having kids in the home and they get to hang out with each other and nobody else, you know? And, uh, but what's, what's crazy is that I don't know if you guys have talked to people who've gone through this emptiness period and took it terribly, right? I mean, so many people are like, I go home from work and there's no obligation, right? I'm not having to, we're not having to rush somebody, like we're not going to a, a ball practice or a game or other extracurricular activities surrounded by our children and we're stuck together for the rest of the night. And some people think, what do we do? And I think, okay, something's happened wrong. Somewhere along the way, you've forgotten to prioritize your relationship with each other. And so we need to, one, remember that, and we need to make sure that in our home, we're talking about this this weekend. This weekend is talking about love and respect. And uh, w- apparently there's a book called Love and Respect that we don't know anything about, but there is. And that's not what we're basing this on. We're basing this on Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, talking about how um, husbands and wives respond. You guys know there's a book called Love and Respect out there? I don't know. There is. Someone asked me this week, like, oh, are you guys going to be talking about that book? And I was like, what book? We're going to be talking about Ephesians. Um, but anyway, so this is, so we need to, if we're, if we're talking about cultivating a healthy home, we need to make sure that our responsibilities to each other are being fulfilled well. We need to make sure that husbands are having a self-sacrificial love for their wife. Now, and, and we're going to see that this, is, this works on so many different levels. One, this is, this is practically how you have a good marriage. It's husbands mimicking Christ in a self-sacrificial love for his wife and for husbands to love and respect her husband. This is a big deal. And this is what uh, we were created for together. And so we need to be, we're going we're gonna to live out marriage best if we're doing this well. Because if, if God, who's the one who designed and created an, or an ordained marriage, tells us this is how it's supposed to work, then it's going to work best and right if we're doing it the way that he's supposed, that he's called us to do, called us to live it out. But then more than just for our marriage, it's also good for our children, right? Because look at the pictures that we have in scripture of marriage, right? We see that marriage is a picture of Jesus and the church. And so when we are, our relationship with our spouse is talking about marriage, but not just about marriage. Our relationship with our spouse is also teaching our children about Christ in the church. That's a, I mean, that's huge, right? That's a big deal. And so part of having this healthy home is to realize the pictures that God has uh, ordained about what marriage is and helping us to realize, okay, we're not just teaching them about, and we are, I mean, think about it. We're teaching them what a husband, how a husband is supposed to act. Our kids are learning from dads on how husbands are supposed to act. Our kids are learning from moms on how moms are supposed to act. We're teaching them about marriage by how we're living it out. We're teaching them about parenthood by how we're living it out. And in addition to that, we're teaching about Jesus and the church, but we're also teaching them about God the Father and the way that he is our, our father. 
We're teaching, we're teaching our kids about that by the way that we're interacting with them and with each other. That's a really big deal. What a heavy weight, right? Imagine if your kid's understanding of God and the gospel was solely dependent on your relationship to each other. I mean, that's heavy. Thankfully, God has also um, included other people into our kids' lives that, are help, that will help them have a good perspective of this as well. But we need to think about what if we're teaching our kids everything about God and the gospel by our marriage. Okay, that's heavy. So we need to think through that, right? So then, you know, are we honoring and respecting? Are we having the self-sacrifice love? What kind of picture are we giving of the gospel? What are we saying about who God the Father is? And then also, what are we teaching about in, the, in our relationship with each other? What are we teaching about loving and forgiving? And let's not stop there, right? Let's, the fruits of the Spirit. What are we teaching our kids about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? How, are, how is your relationship with your spouse teaching your kids about the fruits of the Spirit? Man, that's, to me, that's super heavy. Because it's easy for us to be like, oh, we just had a little argument. We just had a disagreement. Or, yeah, I'm, you know, honey, I'm sorry, I apologize for that. But we forget that there are little eyes that are watching us. And we are helping them know what, it's, what marriage is supposed to be like. And we're teaching them about Christianity and about the gospel. This is such a big deal. So we need to first think, man, this is our relationship. Our relationship needs to have priority. We need, if things aren't going well with mom and daddy, then we're not going to be setting a good trajectory for our children, right? So let's look at that first. Uh, first is our relationship with each other. Secondly, I want to think about the way that God, we see that God parenting our first parents in the garden. You know, we, this is the only, uh, we, the scripture talks about how God is our father and how we should look at him, look to him as our father. Even Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, right? Go to, go and pray our father in heaven. But the only time we actually see like God parenting people is right in the garden, Right, so we've got God who created Adam and Eve, and what's really fascinating is that when you look at the prohibitions in the garden, there's just one. Right, you've got this world filled with yeses and one no. I mean, look at the freedom there is in that. Now, for us with our children, we we should be modeling this. Because if we're going to cultivate a healthy home, we want our home to be happy. And so do we want our home characterized by, oh, we've got a billion rules. These are things we can do. If, the list of, if, the, if you ask your children and the list of things that they can do is shorter than the list of the things that they can't do, then something's wrong. Right? I mean, think about that. I mean, in the garden, what do we have? With every fruit you could imagine, and I like fruit, it's delicious, it's naturally sweet and wonderful, and if you could pick it off the tree, any tree that you wanted, boom, this, this, this. I mean, this is paradise. And God said, okay, here's this one thing, no, don't eat of it. And it's interesting because he says, don't eat of this because the day that you're going to eat of this, you will surely die. And so we're even seeing the intentions behind the rules, right? God is giving them this prohibition because it's bad. That's a poisonous tree. That will kill you. 
So we need, that moves into what I want to think about here is having rules with reasons, right? Because if, like, for instance, it's uh, I decided I want to cultivate my own orchard, mainly because I, my, our house is on, like, a south-facing hill, and there's not really much. I, I mean, we can't play football or else my kids are going to die, you know? It's just go long. It doesn't matter. They're, they'll topple over. They'll die. So I thought, I've got this hill w- south-facing, I'm going to plant a bunch of fruit trees. So I did. I planted a, a bunch of fruit trees. Any type of fruit tree that you could think of that grows in this climate, I tried to plant it. I say try because some of them died. Apparently I'm not good at this, but I even have a pawpaw tree. Yeah, I know. Why, why not? Um, I had a quince tree, which I've never even heard of, but it died. So no quince for me. But anyway, I'm, I've also got blueberries and raspberries and blackberries because they're delicious. Um, but suppose I also had something that was poisonous. Would I be overbearing, legalistic dad if I said, hey guys, when any of these are, when there's fruit on any of these trees, you can eat all of it, any of this, except for this one, because it's poisonous, it'll kill you. Is that being overbearing and legalistic? No, that's being gracious and kind. So we see even in God's prohibition, he was gracious and kind. Why? Because that's bad. And so we need to think about that with the rules that we have for our children. I think with us, we need to follow God's example and realize that we need to have good rules for our children and that those rules are based on their good. You know, and even like what Brody was talking about, in that we have to understand that every kid is different, right? And that not only is every kid different, but every kid is different and different from you. And we need to parent our children differently. They need to have different obligations placed on them, different reminders, different rules for them specifically. I think because here's, son, the reason why I require this of you is because you won't do this otherwise. This kid of mine, he's going to do this. I don't make a big deal. He's going to do this, you know, and then we need to make sure we have good reasons for our rules and that those reasons are based on their good. Um, Rob's going to use a lot of Deuteronomy chapter six when he's talking about discipleship in the home, but two things in in, in Deuteronomy chapter six, which you guys is awesome talking about parenting because it's talking about all day, every day, this is what we're raising our kids in. But there's two verses I want to point out. One is in verse 18 and one is verse in, in 24. And what he's doing is he's basically, this is Deuteronomy 6 is where we get that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, and goes on and is talking about these are when you're going to reminding your kids about who God is. And, in, and he talks about obeying God's rules and laws. And in verse 18 he says that it may go well with you. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you need to obey God's rules and regulations. Why? So that it'll, be, it'll go well with you. Because remember, he made you. He designed you. He knows how you function better, right? So do that. And then in verse 24, it says, it talks about obeying God's rules and regulations, laws and his statutes, and it says, for our good always. I mean, I, I, that's so helpful, right? Because what, what we don't want to do is we don't want to just have arbitrary rules for our kids that are based on our convenience. Early on, I found myself being so selfish in parenting. You know, we have, uh, so my wife and I, we have four kids that are eight, six, five, and two right now. After, after March, 
after, after March, it'll be way better because it'll be nine, seven, five, and three. And so from, from here until then, I just have to, I'm just guessing. We have four kids that are roughly two years apart from each other. The first three are boys, the, the, the youngest is a little girl. And I can remember my oldest, it would be raining outside in the summertime. Now, for a kid, rain outside in the summertime means let's go play outside, you know? And I can remember, me, I can remember myself uh, talking to, my, to Parker and be like, no, nah, dude, it's raining. Let's not go outside and play. No, we're not doing that. Well, why? What's, what, what, could my, what, what possibly could be my reason? If we don't have any other obligations, I want to be with my kid, have fun with my kid, but I want to do it on my terms, right? No, we're going to throw a football. Why? You don't want to do that. He wants to go outside. He wants to play in the rain. So what am I, why would I say no? Why would I say no, we're not doing that? Well, because I don't want my clothes to get wet. And I'm going to tell my kid, here's something that I know will give you joy, but we're not going to do that. That's dumb. That makes us wet. Even though we have a magic machine in our house. I don't know if you guys have heard of these things. You can take clothes that are wet. They can go in this machine and in just a, a short amount of time, they're dry again. But, I'm, but I'm, I'm squashing my kid's zeal. This is what he wants to do. And we're not going to do that. Well, why? Because I don't want to be wet. And that's a terrible reason. Man, I, you know, I want to try to have this type of attitude that we have in the garden with my kids. I'm going to have good reasons for things. And I want to be the one, I want my kids to ask me why. If I say, no, we're not going to do this, I want my kids to ask me why. One, because I want my kids to be able to think through things better, you know. But then also, I want to make sure that I'm parenting for my kids' good. I, I don't want to parent for my convenience. I want to parent for my kids' good. And, but I do want to be obeyed. Especially, we requ- in our home, we require immediate obedience. Because there are situations where it could be life or death. My kid obeying me could be life or death. I mean, uh, it happened yesterday. Yesterday, we took our family to go to, we went to Knoxville because one, one of the girls who's worked on staff here a couple of years plays for UT women's soccer. And before we got there early, so we're just throwing a football around, I know, at a soccer game. We're throwing a football around in the parking lot, and one of my kids, the ball went out, one of my kids was getting ready to run into the middle of this parking lot. We were playing in the grass next to him, and I said, no, Jack, stop. And he's, he stopped and just pointed, you know, like, that's what I want. But there was a car coming, right? And so what I challenge my kids to do, if, the, if I tell them, no, stop, or we're not going to do that, they say, yes, sir, daddy, why? And it's good because it's good accountability for me. Because I want my, and, I, and there have been times where I've said, you know what? I don't have a good reason for why we're not doing that. Let's do that. That'll be great. Let's do it. You know? Daddy, can we do such and such? No, man, we're not going to do that. And the reason why I was saying that is because it's inconvenient for me. That's not what I want to do. I want to throw a football with my kid. But it's great because my kids are now in a period of their life where they want to throw a football with me. And we're having fun, both of us together, something we both really want to do because we like it. But uh, until this time, there have been things that I've been like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Not because I want to do that thing, but because I want to spend time with you. And I want you to be happy. And that's what I want, man. 
Uh, for my kids, I want my kids to delight being around me. And I want to make their, our home someplace that's happy. You know, I think especially in preparation for what Brody was talking about, when moving into the teenage years, I want my kids to always know that they can talk to me about stuff. My kids to not be afraid. In fact, the other day, um, it's terrible that we're recording this, but I'll tell you anyway. The other day, one of my, one of my oldest kid, um, we talk a lot about the words you're not allowed to use, right? And so much so that my kids are kind of like word police where they'll, they'll impose on somebody else's life. Someone else will say, man, that's crappy. And they're like, oh, we don't say that, you know, like, because we don't, we don't say that. Well, they don't. And, uh, and then my oldest kid said, hey, uh, Daddy, why can't we say the word D-O-O-S-H? And I was like, okay, that's not how you spell it, but let me tell you why. You know, it's like, and I want my kids always to be like, I've heard something, I know that it's wrong. Yeah, you figured it out, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's phonetic. He, but at least he's, he's got phonics down, right? That's a, he's not French, he doesn't know how to spell that word. And, uh, but I want that always to be the case. I want, all, I want my kids always to be able to ask me questions about things that they're confused about, especially things that they think are wrong, you know, or things that they think that they've done that are wrong. I want, that, I want to have that freedom. And so if we are creating this, this household that is happy, that is safe, that has rules, but those rules, my kids understand that they're for their good. You know, a lot of times they won't understand the intricacies behind it. But I want them to understand these are for your good. You're, we're not going to do this. The reason why we're not doing this is because this is damaging. This is harmful for you. I'm helping you. I'm loving you in this, right? And then the last thing I want to talk about is that how are we presenting Jesus and God's word? To me, this is such a big deal, right? Because, you know, again, we get students that come through here. We have, you know, over 10,000 kids come through here every year now. And we're talking to these kids. And, and so many times, the way that we have presented church or church leadership or Bible study, we've turned them into like things that have no joy whatsoever attached to them. We go to church, why? Because Christians go to church. Son, let's go. We got to get ready. We're going to go to church. The most important thing is being there on time, right? And when we talk, if you're talking to your kids about the Bible and studying the Bible, I mean, are you doing it in such a way where they're like, oh, this is just another chore I need to check off my list. Every day I have to make my bed. You know, once a week we clean the bathroom. You know, I'm taking out the trash. I have to read my Bible, right? Is it the, are we presenting it that way? Do your kids, are you studying God's word in such a way where you think, that you enjoy it, that you know that this is God speaking to us, giving us words of life? Do, do you enjoy it, and are you conveying that to your kids? How are we presenting? Do, are we presenting studying God's Word as a chore or as a life-giving, like God speaking to us, right? How, how are we doing that? Because if we, if we make the study of Scripture into a chore that has to be checked off, then our kids aren't going to want to do that. But if we can tell, if we can, if our kids see that when we study Scripture that God is speaking to us, and when we talk about studying Scripture that it's enjoyable, that it is life-giving, 
then that, that contagious zeal can help bleed over into our kids. Or when we talk about meeting together in worship, you know, this should be a time that we love. We're getting, to, we're, being, we're, we're getting to meet with God's people, talking about God's word, worshiping corporately together. This should be something that we enjoy. And we should not only enjoy this, but we should talk to our kids about how wonderful it is. I, and for us specifically, um, you know, I think for, for me, there are times where, because my job is in ministry. And so I want my kids, if I'm having to leave them and I'm having to work, when they want me to be playing with them, I want to let them know, man, we get to talk to people about Jesus. Like, this is good. This is exciting. What are we doing this on Sunday? Man, we've got to get to, well, let's get to bed early tonight because tomorrow we get to get up and we get to worship with God's people. You know, not, we need to look at how they're seeing us, you know, practice these spiritual disciplines and how they're seeing us attend church together but we also need they need to hear from us our zeal behind it and for part of that we know we need to we need to check ourselves because there are times where yeah this is inconvenient okay we need to check our heart right and and for some of us you know you might be going to a church that is a drudgery to go to and maybe it's time you find a better place to worship together so that your kids can grow up wanting to be a part of this. Again, when we talk about teenage years, you know, it, you guys know that right now, statistically, on the low end, kids that grow up in a Christian home and graduate from a youth group, on the, on the low end, statistically, over 50% of kids who graduate from a youth group leave the church and don't come back. I mean, let's wrap our brains around that because that's our kids, right? And the low end of the statistics is 50% of kids that graduate from a youth group leave the church and do not come back. And I think part of that is we're not equipping our kids to study God's word as they should. And they're not interested in studying God's word like they should because we haven't presented them with a healthy understanding of God's word. When we talk about studying the Bible, you know, we're saying stuff like, well, did you read the Bible today? Right? Well, you got to. Check it off your list. You know? We're not talking about it like, here's what I was learning from God's Word. And this should be a part of our daily conversation in our homes. If we're going to have a, if we're going to cultivate a healthy home, it needs to be saturated with God's Word. And we need to be studying God's Word on our own and we need to be sharing that. Rob's going to talk specifically about how that happens, right? Because we're talking about discipleship in the home. You know, and, and if you are having times of family worship together, however, however you're doing that, if you're getting together and just reading the Bible and talking about it, or if you're singing songs, or if there's, a, there's tons of really awesome videos that I'm sure Rob is going to help us. Rob, if you're listening, talk about some of those videos, Full of Eyes, Bible Project. Anyway, I think he's back there. Um, but... however you're doing that, let's make that time something that you look forward to and that you convey to your kids that this is something to look forward to. Because if we're presenting a time where we sit down together as a family to have family worship, to look through God's word and talk about it together as as a chore, as drudgery, then that's what's going to be conveyed. It's our attitude in which we're approaching it. And so that's huge. 
right? So that's what, that's what, that's what I've got. These are, these are the things that I, I really think for us personally, we need to focus on. We can, and then if you have any questions, we can talk about it. One is our relationship together. Are we, are we doing a good job of loving each other well and exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in our relationship with each other? Are we prioritizing our relationship so that we're giving a good picture of Christ, the church, of the gospel, of who God is? Um, and then are we looking the way, the way that God um, parented our first parents in the garden? You know, with more yeses than noes. And then the rules that we have, are the rules that we have for our kids good? And are, do they have the ability to ask us on why we should do certain things? And if they're asking us, do we have good reasons for it? And the last thing is just making sure that we are conveying a good, healthy zeal for God's word, for God's people, and for corporate worship together. So that's what I've got. Does anybody have any questions about these things? Or anything, really. All right. I'll be here all weekend. We've got 30 minutes, and then Rob's going to be talking about discipleship in the home. Ready, break.